Before that, though, another kind of opulence, royal palaces, and a strange tale from Germany of architecture, preservation, and symbols of that country's power. The story involves the one-time home of the Hohenzollerns. Their Baroque Schloss, or castle, was one of the oldest buildings in the heart of Berlin, and its rise and fall and rise again embodies Berliners' angst about their history and has even touched people in Los Angeles. DNA's producer Caroline Chamberlain delved into the story on KCRW's recent trip to Berlin. And she joins me in the studio to tell us all about it. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Francis. So tell us about the Berlin City Palace. So basically what happened was after World War II, Berlin was sort of torn apart by the war. Many buildings were completely destroyed, partially destroyed, and this is one of them that was partially destroyed. This palace sat within... Uh, East German territory. So it was up to the Russians to decide what to do with it. And they decided to get rid of it. And then in the 70s, the Russians replaced it with basically the polar opposite building. It was this modernist, boxy, shiny, reflecty building. It was sort of an attempt to show how modern the DDR was. It was the opposite of a Baroque palace. But it served as the seat of government, as the city palace once did. Um, it also had restaurants, bars. And so it was a sort of weird hybrid of a uh, seat of government that sort of rubber stamped the communist agenda. And then bowling alleys and restaurants. And, <laughs> and marriages. And, and marriages <laughs> and entertainment. Um, and all in this modern building that was sort of plunked in the middle of a very uh, old city center. But then the wall comes down. In 1989, Germany's reunified. Berlin becomes the capital of this newly reunified Germany. And this building becomes a contested building. Why? What happens next? So this building was torn down in 2006. The East German government caused a lot of trauma for a lot of people. And this building represented all of that. Now we're in a new phase of this building, which starts to get really strange. What happens next? Uh, what happens next is they have decided to recreate the old Baroque Prussian palace. So it's this weird hybrid ghost building that incorporates the old Baroque facade and then has modern interiors, which will house a museum called the Humboldt Forum, which will uh, sort of address Germany's colonial period. So, <laughs> Which is a whole nother story. But the point is what they're now building is an interior shell, a contemporary shell, and they are wrapping around it a replica of the old Baroque facade. It's not the actual Baroque facade. They are completely recreating from nothing this Baroque facade. Um, how did this come about? So it's um, one man, very charismatic, sort of seems like he's from Prussian lineage himself. Um, his <laughs> name is Wilhelm von Bodin. And he has made this his passion project for decades to sort of recreate this thing. Uh, as a student journalist in West Germany, he got the privilege to go to East Germany to report on the construction of the wall. And I used this privilege, came into the center and saw a desert, an empty place. I asked the people who was there and they told me there has been the Berlin Palace, which was demolished. And as I knew from art history that it was one of the most famous barrack buildings in Germany after all and one of the largest I got interested into this and my report in my school magazine was quite long about building the wall but one-third was already the story of the Schloss. Okay so here's a guy who um who goes on his own and falls in love with the idea of restoring the Prussian palace and he's terribly single-minded and he somehow manages 
to create a full-on public campaign. Um, what is his justification beyond the fact that he was very uh, sort of was in love with the original building? He sees this building as a coping mechanism, just get over the trauma that has happened over the past 20th century. He sees it as restoring the old city center, wiping the slate clean. And he points out that this building has been in existence for the vast majority of uh, Berlin's existence. And why blame the one century of uh, tumultuous war and um, crisis on something that was built hundreds of years before. And so he has a really interesting analogy for uh, why he thinks this building should return. Well, it's the same thing if you have a bad car accident uh, and your whole face is uh, very badly hidden. You try to get back your identity by repairing it as close to your former outlook as it was. So now this um, facsimile of this palace is actually in the midst of being constructed in the middle of Berlin. It's really a very, it seems, unconventional approach to preservation. Um, is there a precedent for this? Well, not maybe maybe not this uh, exact iteration because it's such a compromise. I spoke to Cindy Oldnick of the LA Conservancy about the idea of reconstruction and whether or not uh, recreating something, uh, a building that has been missing for, for years and years and years, whether that is a method of preservation. And this is what she had to say. Reconstruction is the last sort of resort. It's like if, if you really need this building to stand to tell a story and there's really not enough of it there to work on its own and you can't repair it and you have all the original documents and all this stuff and you can you're absolutely certain that you can reproduce it faithfully and accurately and you make no bones about the fact that it's a new construction then you can consider doing reconstruction there are very strict standards and it's not used very very widely so that's Cindy at the LA Conservancy apt because as it turns out this kind of really strange, very Berlin-specific story actually reached as far as Los Angeles. Why was that? Yeah, there are a couple interesting L.A. connections to this story uh, that I discovered, one of them being that Wilhelm von Bodin toured around Los Angeles with former councilman Tom LaBange. What um, an image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another L.A. connection to this is there's a developer named Dan Rosenfeld, and he has family from Berlin. And he saw a speech of Wilhelm von Bodin giving about this building and this project. So Wilhelm von Bodin is sort of evangelizing this pro project all over the place, including Los Angeles. But Dan Rosenfeld was a little bit skeptical of it, I think. Yes, he was very skeptical of it. Um, here's Dan. Berlin is, is probably, the, the you know, in many ways, the world's best example of the controversies over how to preserve and memorialize the past because they have so many pasts. They, they have an imperial past and, and a Nazi past and a communist past and their current um, government as well that, that are reflected in architecture. I can't look at that building and, and, not, and not just remember that some really bad decisions were made there. It was in that building that uh, Kaiser Wilhelm II uh, well, actually, go back before that. His father and grandfather started wars against um, first Denmark, and then Austria, and then France. And as they sort of can begin to consider themselves unbeatable, then the whole world, a hundred years ago this year, 
um, and, and eventually brought down their dynasty. But all of that was, was planned in that building, and it's sort of creepy to think, you know, um, about a, a happy museum with um, sort of with kids running around in that same place, and, and how do you mix those two appropriate um, considerations. Many people, sort of cultural critics and, and architects who were in favor of new buildings, you know, really don't like this project at all. They think it's kind of bizarre and retrograde. But, um, but you spoke to a, a bunch of folks hanging out near the, near the emerging building and you got some of their views. What did you hear? I spoke to a few couples um, and here is what the first couple had to say. I think it's, it's one of the keystone of closing the gap between East and West. The DDR people, they destroyed it. And I think that's uh, it's a sin, you know? And so we have um, managed to get it back. <laughs> so we, were, we are very happy. <laughs> You've, you found people who are just delighted. However, there was an architect that we ran into, Lars Krukerberg. He's a partner with Graft, which is a very interesting firm based in L.A. and Berlin. And while he didn't like what was happening, he sort of understood why it was necessary. Is that right? Yeah. Here's what he had to say. Do I think this is the right measure? No, of course not. But then, okay, this is kind of the final stone in that reconstruction. Now let's move forward. Now let's go into the future. And I think um, Berlin, Berliners and, and also citizens in Germany are ready to do so. That's at least our hope and that's what we are fighting for. Well, Caroline, it's a strange and fascinating story and it shows the degree to which a building, seemingly a mute structure, can be the embodiment of a, of a country, a community's anxieties. Oh, absolutely. Um, Germans are famous for having very interesting words that convey very complex feelings. And one of the ones that they have is called Vergangenheitsbewältigung, which means coming to terms with the past. And this building is so entrenched in that idea of coming to terms with the past, be it the, the history that predates the Nazi time, the sort of period that falls within it, and the DDR. And it's, and, um, it's fascinating that buildings can mean so much and have such vested emotional baggage with them. Well, Caroline Chamberlain, thank you so much. Thank you, Francis.